the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Put him on the bus, Gus. Have you heard about what those illegal immigrants have been doing during their stay in New York City? Somehow somebody thought it was a pretty good idea to use taxpayer money to put them up at some pretty nice hotels up there. At one hotel, Row NYC in uh, Times Square, one employee said that the guests are throwing lots of food into the dumpsters because they'd rather make their own food. They're using hot plates, which is against fire regulations. They've had to take pots and pans away from some of them. And someone from City Hall said that the city is now offering sandwiches only to the people who want them, and they're including more popular hot meals on the menu. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have these poor refugees have to brown bag it while they're staying at the hotel. The same employee said it was, quote, chaos, total chaos. There's no accountability. The city is so-called running the program and allows these people to destroy these rooms. There is no daily supervision to show these people that you don't destroy your hotel. You're only there temporarily. This is not your home. He also said that, quote, alcohol is a problem and teenagers are going into the staircases and making out like it's lover's lane, unquote. So there are now 38,000 illegal immigrants in New York City. 26,000 of them are staying in hotels in the city and taxpayers are paying for it. And at the row, it's costing about $650,000 a night, which is about $500 per room. Now, here's a question. If they are destroying hotel rooms, and this isn't the only hotel where you're hearing this stuff. This is just one of them. But if they are destroying hotel rooms and loitering on the staircases, why haven't they been arrested? And here's an idea. How about arresting them and putting them on the bus and sending them back to Mexico? I have a feeling the fine citizens of New York would be happy to have their tax dollars pay for that. Of course, the government in New York City, including the mayor, deserve every bit of this. Uh, As you know, they've been bragging for years about how wonderful it is to be a sanctuary city. And keep in mind, New York City turned into a rat hole a long, long time before these refugees came to town. doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about the whales washing up on the Jersey Shore and the windmills that are probably causing it, and a sneaky gas tax from the Biden administration that's going to be showing up on your utility bill pretty soon. And then in our second half hour, the NFL is rigged, is trending on Twitter. The Bengals-Chiefs game has a lot to do with that. We'll talk to a longtime Kansas City sportscaster about that and how things are going in Kansas City now that the Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. Stick around. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. 
Order now. Attention! If you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out, because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So whales keep washing up on the shores of New Jersey and I think one or two on Long Island, and it seems to be happening at the same time that they're installing some really big and really ugly windmills out there in the ocean. And uh, it does seem to be, there doesn't seem to be, I should say, a, a much of a, an outcry among the, uh, or coming from the greenies. Larry Barons is communications director for Power of the Future. He joins us now. Thanks for coming back on, Larry. Appreciate it. Hey, John. Always great to talk with you. So, uh, are the greenies asleep on this one, or are windmills such a great idea that it doesn't matter what they do? <laughs> uh, I think it's, I'll go option three. They're pathetic hypocrites. How about that? Let, you know, make no mistake, if they were building an oil rig out there, there would be protests. Greenpeace would be, you know, getting a, a huge diesel-powered boat to go out there and, I don't know, chain themselves to a manatee or something like that. But we've seen this pattern over and over, right? If it's their preferred methods of unreliable energy, it's perfectly fine. They will move endangered turtles. They will literally kill bald eagles. And now every, you know, kid who probably had a Save the Whales bumper sticker on their car in the 90s who now loves wind energy has to, you know, realize that they're just a pathetic hypocrite right now. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point. If it was, if, if it was uh, a bunch of oil rigs being uh, constructed out there, it would only take one whale. It sure wouldn't take 10 or whatever number it is up to this point. Absolutely. And, you know, it, this is sadly a, a pattern that's over and over. I mean, and people sometimes think I'm being, you know, hyperbolic when I talk about eagles and so forth. I mean, the, the windmill manufacturers had to pay fines for uh, in the millions of dollars in New Mexico for literally killing bald eagles, the symbol of the United States of America. They just paid the fine and moved on. They know what these uh, uh, 
intermittent, unreliable forms of energy do. And solar panels are no friends to birds either. And so they need more, much more land to produce much less energy and only when that uh, sun is shining and the wind is blowing. And so the fact of the matter is, it turns out it's really, really hard to uh, replace affordable and reliable energy. And this is the best the eco-left has come up with. And you know what? I just want to be the first to say, if we had to cancel plastic straws and plastic bags to save the turtles, what are we going to cancel now to save the whales? Yeah, and it's interesting, too. Um, the uh, I the the um the 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 windmills are up there and they've been there for a while in different places and it's a typical not in my backyard thing where um nah, we don't care as long as we those windmills look pretty nice as long as I'm not seeing them out in my out in my backyard and they I'm 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 uh, interested to see how they do in New Jersey and on Long Island, some nice homes in Long I- on Long Island. If if and when those windmills start popping up on the horizon, they may have a different opinion about them. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, look no further than Massachusetts, where I believe it was five, six, ten years ago. I think uh, it was the Kennedy family that said, "No, no, we don't want this ugly view off our nice place in Hatteras." It is something that they absolutely don't want to, you know, have NIMBY in in my backyard. And and I'll be the first to admit, you know what? I don't want a huge power plant uh, right on top of my house either, no matter the source. But when you look at these sources of quote-unquote energy, the solar panels and the windmills, the space they take up, the, the geographic footprint is so huge that it literally becomes very difficult to put them in places where it doesn't interfere with anyone. Lo and behold, we've done that by and large with traditional energy sources. We've been able to do that. And now the eco-left is saying, we'll just do that with these sun panels and these windmills, and we'll build all these wires to move that energy to the places that they're supposed to be. And oh, by the way, it'll be cheaper and maybe even free. It's a lie that no one's believing right now. And also, you mentioned that there, there are various organizations, and I guess, I don't know, some of them might have been government agencies, who were asked about the birds and the bald eagles being killed by the the windmills, and they acknowledge it. They don't say, oh, no, that's not happening. They acknowledge it, and they say, yeah, well, you know, it's just not, it doesn't happen often enough. These are the same people that have shut down gigantic construction projects worth thousands of jobs for a snail darter, I remember, whatever that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I mentioned New Mexico because that's where I grew up, and, and it's my point of reference. I mean, have you heard of species like the lesser prairie chicken, the sage-grass mouse? No, you haven't heard of those species, but those are the things that have been brought up to stop things like oil development, to stop things like ranching. And let's just be clear, this is radical environmentalists using the Endangered Species Act has nothing to do to uh, save an endangered species. It has everything to do with putting their political opponents out of business. They use, <clears throat> they use it as a weapon. The Biden administration continues to use it as a weapon. So when we try to apply the same rules to them, i.e. with the whales, they just completely turn a deaf ear to it. I haven't seen the Sierra Club or the NRDC statement about saving the whales over the last couple of days. I'm sure uh, they haven't sent one out. And you mentioned Greenpeace, too. Greenpeace, that's what they started. Mm-hmm. That, that was like one of the first big-time environmental groups, Greenpeace. And it, didn't it start with saving the whales? That's where, that's where it began. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was the you know that is most kids first at least it was when I was growing up in the 90s. One of their first introductions to environmentalism, right? You had the local Greenpeace um, person who probably couldn't get a job another way come to your library and says, "Look what they're doing to the whales. We have to save the ocean." It was that in the Amazon rainforest. And uh, oh, by the way, the Maldives were going to be underwater by the year 2000. Kids in the UK wouldn't be snow by the year 2000. And so they lost a whole ton of credibility. And now it's even more that these things that they claim to protect, i.e., wildlife, is being harmed uh, by what looks like to be the expansion of their preferred energy choice and they are completely tight lips why is that well because they love the money right and the people who are making big money off these offshore windmills are also happening to be big donors to these groups and so it is really you know convenient to turn a blind eye to it when the one good eye is looking at a whole lot of cash coming in we're talking to larry barron's communications director for power of the future um yeah, up in Canada, I knew a guy. He, I know a guy who has a lot that he paid about four hundred fifty thousand dollars for lakefront 
on Lake Erie, and uh, he's had all kinds of trouble. And this is not United States, but it's uh, it's in Canada where I, I've been saying here all, all along since I've been doing this show that everybody should pay attention up there because it's creeping down this way, the stuff that's going on up there. But this guy, he had this beautiful lot that he paid all this money for, and there's some bureaucratic, some bu- some bureaucrat shows up and says, mm-hmm. well, you know, I know you want to build the house here and you just paid a lot of money to have someone, you know, a, a, a company design the, the place for you and plot it out and everything, but you can't build it right there because there's a toad's nest. And, and the, yeah. the, it, well, I'm, I'm 100% serious. It was something about toads. Now, you know, a lot of toads at, on the, <laughs> along the beach of Lake Erie, I don't know how they ever build anything, but this is the kind of stuff that goes on. And yet, I think a whale's kind of bigger than a toad, and that's not yeah. raising anybody's, uh, getting anybody's attention. It is, it is fascinating, right? And so this um, selective application of what they say is important, it, it doesn't matter. If, if you're just a selective environmentalist, then you're not really an environmentalist. You know, and we haven't even talked about the fact that these windmills are largely made in China mm-hmm. using questionable labor practices, and they will never, ever produce uh, enough energy to make up for the energy it took to make them mine the materials for them, transport them, install them, and maintain them. They simply never will. It is an energy deficit machine, yet lo and behold, this is what we're continually told. And your, your, your point is exactly the right one. You know, we could point to instances all over the United States where there are these, you know, I'm not going to say they're not important to the biodiversity, right. but it's really interesting that when it comes time to throw up a windmill or solar panels, they're more than happy to take a contract to move them out of their native habitat or to just, you know, build over it, whatever, because it's for the greater good. And so they're allowed to do that. But you try to do something that you want to do with the land, well, then that's, they're going to have, you know, their lawyers who have nothing better to do but sue all day or to show up to every state capitol and every meeting to uh, give these whiny stories about how these endangered species are critical to this area, even though uh, no one had ever seen them before and no one could ever uh, find them. But I would argue you're absolutely right. Whales are something that it's much, much harder to ignore. Now, here's the thing, though. Um, I don't know. In, in Canada, they have someone who comes up from it's, it's a government agency. This wasn't just some environmental wacko who came up and said, hey, we're going to protest if you build here. It was someone from the government saying, no, you are not allowed to build here because of the toads. And another case where a guy was building a house uh, and the um, the whoever whatever the agency was uh, for the province or federal, I don't know what it was, they come and they walk around and they saw a certain kind of tree and they said, oh no, you cannot remove this tree. They said what kind of tree it was. Yeah. I'm just wondering, do we ha- have we reached that point yet? Do we have people going around when somebody wants to build a house? Or is it, um, is it still just the big stuff here in the United States? Oh, there, there are folks. I mean, I think the more acres of land and the more your political donations or political affiliations go to a different direction, then you receive more scrutiny. And, and you're exactly right about government bureaucrats. But I would point this out. You know, today's government bureaucrats were yesterday's radical environmentalists. I mean, Joe mm-hmm. Biden has an energy secretary who used to run a radical leftist environmental group and is in a video seeing how much he hates gasoline. And gasoline just needs to stay in the ground. He has a Bureau of Land Management uh, director that was part of a tree spiking incident in Idaho. So now they are previous radical environmentalists, but now they do have the power of the government. Nobody voted for them, but yet Joe Biden puts them in power to come do exactly the things that you're saying. It's usually a bureaucracy that is unaccountable to you, that you've never heard of, but yet they seem to have unlimited resources to come after you. But yet Barack Obama buys an Oceanside uh, mansion and wants to put in a whole bunch of propane tanks, they all get really quiet. Uh, you know, I have a feeling if I did that, uh, the Martha's Vineyard neighbors would all of a sudden start to get worked up. That's right. Well the, well, the Biden administration is still making noise about the gas stoves. And here's Joe Manchin, I think from yesterday, uh, and they're, they're, they're just not going to let this go. Here's Joe Manchin. This thing unrelated to our hearing topic today. Gas, and I report, repeat, Gas stoves have been in the news lately, and I've come out strongly against the Consumer Product Safety Commission pursuing any ban of gas stoves. In fact, I'm introducing legislation today with Senator Cruz that would ensure that they don't. 
and separately sending a letter to the commission with Senator Langford seeking clarification about the commission's sudden desire to conduct an RFI on gas stoves. Yesterday, DOE published its first ever efficiency standard for cooktops, including gas stoves. Now, I've always been a proponent of energy efficiency, but the draft rule proposes efficiency levels that DOE says at the highest level up to 96% of gas stoves don't currently meet. I don't like where I think they're going with this, and i tell you one thing, they're not taking my gas stove out, and my wife and I would both be upset. Now, I know DOE is required to write a rule on stovetop efficiencies, and that is the beginning of this process, not a final rule. But in light of the broader concerns about the administration looking to find ways, and it truly is an indication, looking to find ways to push out natural gas, which basically the rest of the world wish they had an abundant supply that we do, to have this transition that will go on in our energy markets uh, doesn't make any sense at all. It really doesn't. But in light, uh, and I've said before, if the federal government doesn't have any business telling American families how to cook their dinner, if there's technology down the road, and as we transition into the new technology, that's fine. But basically, retrofitting or removing stoves that people have had for years is not going to happen. I don't think it will happen in any of our states. And I would uh, be surprised for senators to, to be supporting that move. Imagine that coming from a Democrat, uh, Larry. I know. And, and it was really interesting how that played out, right? This story broke that they were coming after your gas stoves. The White House said, oh, no, 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 no. That's just one a commissioner. Again, an, unappoint, or excuse me, an appointed, unelected uh, commissioner from, uh, you know, consumer protection. Uh, some Americans have heard that, but a lot haven't. Most of us, including me, couldn't name all the commissioners that are on that. But yet they're coming after these things. And they said, oh, no, it's just isolated to him. And then we see California. No, can't build a new house with gas stove. Oh, New York. Can't build a new place with a gas stove and you start to think you know what maybe this isn't an isolated issue and i'm glad senator manchin is pointing that out of like listen this is part of your scheme this is part of your plan and his point is exactly the right one you know what if someone invests a better light bulb when it comes to cooking great and we'll adopt it but for the joe biden administration to come and force americans to do it is where we have a huge problem no one had to force us to adopt the internal combustion engine no one had to force us to adopt the iphone those are things that the free market determined were going to be successful but yet after you know well over a decade of solar panels and windmills being wink wink just around the corner then they have to decide you know what they're not adopting the things we want fast enough so we're just going to start outlawing the things that they like so it forces them to adopt the things that we want them to do that is where americans need to be on guard because that's exactly what the biden administration is doing i'm talking to larry barons he's communications director for power of the future uh joe or larry you you have a uh, a piece up at the daily caller with this headline biden hidden home heating tax coming to a utility bill near you what's that all about yeah, it's something that uh, a lot of Americans didn't know, but buried within the Inflation Reduction Act. I have a hard time saying that without throwing up a little bit. Buried within the Inflation Reduction Act, we find that there was, Joe Biden's calling it a methane fee, but let's call it what it really is. It's a tax on natural gas. Natural gas heats 48% of America's homes. And what that will do is it, for the first time, will tax the emissions used in the creation and extraction process of a natural element like natural gas. And so he's going to throw a tax on that, and he's going to say, oh, oh, well, it's just the companies, it's not you. But we all know what happens when a tax is forced upon companies. It, the company either folds or consumers have to pay the bill. And that's what the Congressional Budget Office said. It says this is going to be passed on to consumers. We don't know how much, but it looks like Washington, D.C. is going to get about $6.5 billion a year from this tax. And so it is something that is going to hit everyone's pocket uh, starting at the tax. It goes in place January 1, 2024. And so it was one of those little things, again, that Joe Biden is speaking into. It's not that he is touting how great his quote unquote solutions are when it comes to energy. It is he is tax competition out of existence. But we all know how that's worked. We've had the highest gas prices ever. We've had inflation not seen since the Empire Strikes Back was in the theater. And so now he's going to do this again because I guess he feels Americans aren't already paying enough for energy. And I'm out of time, but this is the guy who says that um, climate change is more of a threat to the to humanity than nuclear war. So that's who <laughs> yeah. we're dealing with. That That's the guy. And he was, uh, don't forget, the architect of Solyndra, 
And yeah. so, I, I, by all means, let's get him billions more. Yeah, just get him out of here as quickly as we can. Hey, Larry, I appreciate you coming on. As always, talk to you again. John, thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Larry Barons of Power of the Future. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. On Capitol Hill, anti-Semitic comments have cost a controversial lawmaker her seat on a key committee in the new Republican-controlled House. More on that in a moment. But first, former President Trump today told the Hugh Hewitt Show on the Salem Radio Network that he declassified the sensitive documents that were recovered by the FBI at his home in Florida. Just so you know, very nice. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, President of the United States, I had the power to declassify. They didn't. Uh, I didn't take anything from being a senator. Mr. Trump said the Justice Department's handling of his case and President Biden's documents proves there are what he calls two standards and two sets of justice in this country. A five-year-old boy who was attacked by a mountain lion hiking in rural northern California has been released from a hospital. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average right now down close to 200 points. This is SRN News. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. AM 1250, the answer. Nothing says I love you more than winning $2,000 for your sweetheart. Enter the $2,000 Valentine's Day sweepstakes. It's $2,000 for you to spend on your sweetie. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day between now and February 12th. And complete bonus activities to give you more entries. Register to win now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Hey, John Stockerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. We'll see a snow squall late tonight, accumulating a coating to an inch, otherwise breezy with increasing clouds. Squalls can bring whiteout conditions at times. Expect a nighttime low of 13. Partly sunny tomorrow, breezy, much colder with a couple of snow showers and a high of 16. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night, low 7. Times of clouds and sun Saturday, the high 31. Expect temperatures to rebound over the weekend after the brief cold snap. With your MacuWeather weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. 
This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, guess what's trending on Twitter today? The NFL is rigged. There's been a lot of talk about that since the Chiefs got a late roughing the passer call that set up the winning field goal against the Bengals on Sunday. And then there's this from Arian Foster. He's a former NFL running back. He said this when he was interviewed, I think it was today or just recently, on a Barstool podcast. It's funny, before we started taping, uh, Arian was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would mm-hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm-hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those before the season started? Or would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call. Yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts, yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did yeah. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the thing is that there are actually people out there who think he was serious. Um, uh, Frank Bowles, a Pittsburgh guy who's been working in sports media in Kansas City since the early 80s, he joins us now. Frank, good to have you back on again. How you doing? Stag, it's been too long, my friend. What's up? Hey. Of course, you always call me when we get into this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, the That's Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and, and you're Mr. Kansas City. Wrong? You're Mr. <laughs> Kansas City. I didn't make you Mr. Kansas City. You did. Uh, uh, so, but it's funny because Foster, this guy, played a few years ago. He's obviously kidding. But yeah. there are people dumb enough to, to actually run with that and say, "See, there it is. There's my proof." Anybody with yeah, a brain, right. you would think, would know he's kidding. But there has been some talk out there about the officiating in the Chiefs-Bengals game and how the NFL might be fixed. So that's it's kind of out there, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of that here. We normally get it when the Chiefs play. And Carl Sheffers is a head referee in the NFL. He will be the Super Bowl referee. And he is... The oh he they hate him here because every time the Chiefs play and Carl Sheffers is the main ref okay he's the white hat the Chiefs get like twice as many penalties called on them than the teams that they play it doesn't matter who they play it's just Carl Sheffers hates the Chiefs and he's gonna call all these penalties so we always get that and if you're gonna fix a football game it'd be like if we went back to the NF or to the NBA. Where uh, Donahue, remember the uh, they had the uh, they had the special the documentary on him and he he was the one he was calling plays. Tim Donahue, he was calling yeah. fouls. Yeah. yeah, it was Donahue. He's calling fouls. He's doing this. He's actually, you know, tilting the odds toward a specific team because he was on he was on the hook for the guys in the mafia. So he was he was in trouble anyway. So, uh, but I, that's the only way you'd ever be able to rig an NFL game would have to be through the referees. It couldn't be through, through the players. There's too many guys who'd be disgruntled and go, hey, listen, you know, they told us to do this, that, and the other thing. So it's not. I mean, there were missed calls as well. The Chiefs on the uh, punt return was a block in the back before yeah. um, before Sky Moore got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a hold from Orlando Brown before Patrick Mahomes got shoved out of bounds. By OC, I mean, it was just, there's just so many things. I think the referees, they're terrible. I think the NFL, they're getting worse and worse because they keep relying on New York more and more. And that just becomes situational, throw a flag they think they see because they know they'll be bailed out by New York. Yeah, um, and I I know a guy who's a, a, a WPIL official, football official, has been doing it for a long time. You know, they have to make the call. They can't, they can't. They uh, in the NFL now. You call it a touchdown, and you say, right. oh, "Well, you know, I think it was a touchdown. If it wasn't, well, you know, they'll fix it." Well, you can't do that in a, in a high school football game, which is where these guys, you know, work their way up to get to college in the NFL. You got to make the call. You're not going to get bailed out. But you're right; these guys get bailed out, uh, and they don't have to make the right call anymore. Not on plays that are reviewable, but roughing the passer is not. A play that can be turned around by by a video replay, and that's that's yeah, right. a problem. 
Right. And, and the other thing was the biggest play of the game was uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He catches the ball, and then he reached for that first down. Yeah. And they said he didn't make it. And uh, they threw out the challenge flag, and they came back and said, yeah, he did make it. That resulted in a Chiefs touchdown, and that was the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. That was a huge call, let alone – Mahomes, and I think the Mahomes situation was a foul. Yeah. Okay, there was no doubt no he was hit on yeah. the bounds. But without that call, they don't kick that field goal, and they go into overtime, and there's no telling what could happen in overtime. So that was a huge call, but that was the right call when he got when he got shoved out of bounds. Yeah, and but there's a there's a, a famous shot of, I think it's uh, Brian Sype getting hit by Jack Lambert back in the 70s, an NFL films shot, he just crushes Brian Sipe about eight feet out of bounds and gets in his face, and there's no penalty. So, you know, there's no way that call is made 30, 40 years ago. There's no way. There's no way they're calling it. Oh, no. The the game has changed totally since then. I think pretty soon you're going to get the artificial intelligence calls Mm -hmm. On the uh, on first downs, especially on goal getting line. or yeah. yeah making the the line to gain and at the goal line, they'll have it all lined up and the whole thing. I mean, I think the referee's going to be taken out of that situation. Well, Mike Florio uh, works for NBC, uh, and he wrote a piece back in December after a questionable call in a game between the Commanders and the Giants. He said it was a bad look for the NFL, and he actually made a reference to Tim Donahue, the, the NBA official you were mentioning. Right. Uh, with the league being a partner with gambling sites, Frank, isn't it inevitable that people are going to become a lot more suspicious? Every league, it just uh, this, they're they're running ads to gamble on the games in the telecast. Oh, it, uh, there's no doubt it's going to become another issue, and they're going to really scrutinize the officials. Like I said, Carl Cheffers, they're going to take. A, well, why do you call ten penalties a game? when the Chiefs are playing against the Chiefs and four penalties against their opponent. I mean, you know, it's just going to be one of those things. Are you like, what is the deal here? And the, re- and the head ref will go, well, they're, they're, um, they're committing more penalties. Well, really? I mean, you can call holding on, on any play. Watch the offensive tackles. I'm, I'm sure you realize this as well. You watch the offensive right or left tackle against a great uh, defensive end or edge rusher, watch how quick they get off the line of scrimmage. It looks like every play is before the ball is snapped. They're already back into their stance. They've gotten off the line of scrimmage. It's unbelievable how many times I've seen that and just go, well, he's moving. I mean, the, the offensive tackle is moving there. Yeah. And the, that, that play is never called. Yeah, and, and the thing is, what's happened in all sports, I think, Maybe not so much with baseball, and maybe they're doing something with the strike zone. I don't know, but you know, in the NBA, it used to be pretty cut and dry what double dribbling was or what palming the ball was, and now they call it sometimes and sometimes they don't, which people will defend and say, "Yeah, yeah," but the game's much more exciting. You don't want to have too many whistles. But the problem is when you are inconsistent, then your inconsistency can't show up in the fourth quarter of an NBA game. You can't. Yes. You, you you know if you make if you don't if you don't call traveling uh, in the first quarter of an NBA game, you can't be calling it with two minutes left in the game. No, you can't. And the the biggest thing became the Euro step. Okay, that was the big deal. You could take the you could hold the ball and then you can take two more steps. But as long as they're long enough and they look like you're doing the Euro step, and that's. Uh, has been passed down to college basketball now as well. Right. You well, have no idea what traveling is now because of Eurostep. And palming the ball is you, you'd roll it over in your wrist, right? You bring the ball up and bring it down. Bring the ball. They don't call that. They haven't called that in years. You know, they never call that. You know what my favorite is, is when, uh, and Michael Jordan was good at this, uh, you dribble, you put your hand under the ball, and you do a juke. You, you like, fake with your hips going one way, then you turn your hand over and do another dribble. That used to be immediately called, and the, and the, and the ball going the other way. Now that's just a, that's just a routine move. You, you dribble, you pause with the ball facing up as you're holding it, 
the defender has to look to see which way you're going to go. Then you put the ball back down, and that's uh, that's it's, it's just not the same game. It's like uh, we're getting off on a different subject here, but Bobby okay. Bobby Knight was asked uh, <laughs> once on uh, I think by David Letterman. He said, "What? Why do you hate the NBA so much?" And Bobby Knight said, "I don't hate the NBA." He said, "I just like basketball better. That's all." And <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the way I feel about it. Um, so back, we're talking to Frank Bull, longtime uh, sportscaster out in uh, Kansas City, a, a Pittsburgh native, um, and the Chiefs headed for the Super Bowl. Uh, have the Kansas City media questioned the officiating at all? Uh, you've been uh, you've talked to him here about how things have changed with the media and a lot, way too many homers. No. Have they Terrible. been? Uh, have they been? Um, well, how has been? What's been the reaction from the Kansas City media about any questioning of whether the officiating might have helped uh, the Bengals? I mean, hurt the Bengals? Well, obviously they're all waving their pom poms, so it's great because the Chiefs got the calls and they ended up winning the game because of the calls. And so they're now, like I said, the call against Patrick Mahomes out of bounds was a legitimate call. That uh, yeah, I don't think there's any problem there. But they are as long as it it folds towards the Kansas City Chiefs, it's fine with the people here. You know, if if it wouldn't, have, then they start screaming and yelling. But they are John. It's just like it's probably like Pittsburgh or it's like Cincinnati. Everything was against Cincinnati. Everybody, nobody scrutinizes it and looks at it from a standpoint of was that a good call or a bad call? Oh, as long as it was good for us, we don't care. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, we, we don't care what happens. But like I said, they're all up in arms now about Carl Sheffers. They're worried about him in the Super Bowl being the main guy, and he supposedly, quote, hates the Chiefs. Yeah. So it's, it's just that thing. The, the media has, has changed tremendously over the years. So you've uh, seen that. You know, in, yeah. From the time you and I, yeah. yeah, you and I used to do this. Yeah, I was never like this. I mean, I just, you just sort of look at the team and you, you you give the pros and the cons. They either played great and did this, but even when they played great, they made mistakes. They did this, that, that thing. They never point out anything that's bad. Zero. Well, no. how, how much of that comes from the team, um, maybe being able to threaten people with holding credentials oh. or not uh, giving you access to players and things like that? That is the absolute bottom line. The NFL hold, holds all the cards. Chiefs hold all the cards. They just tell people, you know, they just let you know right away, hey, you're going to do this. You know, we just might pull your credential. We won't let you out here during the week to interview these guys. We won't give you a credential for the Super Bowl. You know, we're just going to hold all this stuff back. And it just, it petrifies. It not only makes the reporters upset and worried, but the general managers. Oh, yeah. The of the, of the sta- oh, yeah. They're yeah. all petrified of us because what are they doing now? Our guys get all these people here in town. They're getting ready to roll the satellite trucks out there, right? Mm-hmm. They're sending 15 people apiece to, uh, out there to cover the Super Bowl. You've been through this in yeah. Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're, they're going to make money off of this deal, despite the fact they're going to spend a lot of money, too. They're going to make a lot of money off the special programming. There are long specials. Their pregames, their postgames, everything they're going to do for the next week or so is is a money-making proposition. And they don't want to uh, harm that in any way or put that in jeopardy by you deciding that, well, you know what, the Chiefs should have been called for this, the Chiefs should have been called for that, or whatever criticism you have. And, you know, if um, people should understand, I'm sure you know this, out in Kansas City, whoever the sportscaster is on the – who's got the Super Bowl, Fox? Yeah, it's Fox. So whoever's working for the Fox station or whatever station has the uh, – the, whatever local station has the the rights to do the pregame show and all that stuff, whoever the sportscaster or maybe the sportscasters are that you see on those pregame shows, those shows have paid that guy's salary for the year. That's, oh, how, that's how much they, money's involved in just get one just, – just getting to the playoffs – and getting a couple of pregame shows and postgame shows for playoff games. Yeah, especially when you don't have to travel right. for the playoff games, okay? you got home field advantage. Oh, Number yeah. one, you don't play a week, okay? You don't play that one week, and then the next week you turn around and you're playing at home. So you're saving money. Now, you do have to go to Glendale, Arizona to go cover the Super Bowl, yeah. but we've already saved a lot of money. We're going to be in great shape here. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I have a question for you. We're talking to Frank Bull. Uh, he's a sportscaster, was a sportscaster for as long in Kansas City as I was here in Pittsburgh, maybe longer. 
Um, and I have to ask you this football question, okay? And by mm-hmm. the way, Frank uh, played football at Central Catholic on an undefeated team, uh, won a uh, championship, Catholic League championship, and also went to Villanova and played there for three years as a starter. I think it was three, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a running back. So you know a little bit about football. If, if you were a defensive coordinator, okay, would you mm-hmm. rather be preparing to face 27-year-old Patrick Mahomes or 27-year-old Tom Brady? Oh, boy, that's a great question right there. I, You know what? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I think Mahomes has way more talent question marks yeah oh. well I, I'm, I'm going to say as a defense coordinator yeah. you're going to you're going man this kid he can go outside the pocket he can throw it underhand he can throw it sidewards he mm-hmm. can go for the you know he, he can go for the pylon whereas tom brady was more of the cerebral guy stayed in the pocket uh took what the the, the, the other teams give him i think patrick mahomes is way tougher to prepare for than Tom Brady was to prepare for. Yeah, and of course the team around them has a lot to do with it. Uh, oh, and yeah. I, I'm just I'm asking a question. I guess if they, if they had you know equal amount of weapons, uh, who would you rather prepare for? And I remember talking to Dick Dick LeBeau uh, about things like that. And there there'd be quarterbacks that would be you know maybe not future Hall of Famers, but they'd be guys who maybe were like Mahomes, who were more unpredictable and could kill you many different ways. They'll tell you every time. I'll take. I'll take. Uh, give me the Hall of Fame guy. I know what he's going to do. I at least have a chance. Uh, they, yeah, there, there's no yeah, way to prepare for Patrick Mahomes, is there? Not no, really. No, there really isn't because he can do so many things. Like, remember, he was working on a high ankle sprain, and he actually yeah. ran for that first down. Yeah. To set them up, and well, he was knocked out of bounds. That set them up to win the game. If he, if that penalty's not called. They don't kick a field goal there, and they go into overtime, so anything can happen at that point. But uh, because that was out of Butker's range. And, uh, you know, it was a cold day, and that ball wasn't flying very well. But I think Mahomes is way tougher to prepare for than somebody like a Tom Brady. Okay, only got a minute left, uh, Frank, and, and uh, I got to ask you, who, what, I, um, you covered the NFL back when, um, well, when, when uh, dinosaurs were roaming the earth like <laughs> Like I did. True. Like I did. What would you do? What would you bring back from the old days to now that you think would make the game better? Jeez, that that's a great question. I think teams should run the ball more. Mm-hmm. Basically, there should be more of a running game now. Um, uh, boy, that's, no, you're a that's running probably... back. Come on. Yeah, right. I'd love to have the football. Yeah, give me the football, okay? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, the, I don't think anybody out there in Pittsburgh wants to hear that. They want to see Pickett, you know, go for, you know, 300 yards a game and not worry about who's carrying the football. Just worry about who he's throwing it to, you know? Yeah. And I think that kid's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'd bring back a little bit more of the, the, the running game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, that's about it for me. Yeah, I, I, like I, I, I think it's things, but, all the offenses know. look the same now. They all do the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, they do. My, my yeah. fix would be, and i got to go, get rid of the goalposts, or, or at least <laughs> make, them, make them a tougher target because the kickers are too good. and Too many teams play for the cheap field goal, but that's just yeah. me. Yeah, hey. and then real quick, eliminate the kickoff. Put it at the 25-yard line and go. That's better. That kickoff is dumb. Yeah, better than a touchback. Hey, Frank. Yeah. Uh, thanks, and enjoy the cover, uh, the lead-up to the Super Bowl. Hey, Stag, anytime. Call me anytime. Love you, man. I'll uh, talk to you later. All right, man. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry? Well, that's why my pillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you? Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can get a six-piece set for only $49.99 with promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com right now, click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and they have their 60-day money-back guarantee. 
To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow Tiles, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special, and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. That's 800-716-8087 or just go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, every once in a while I slip back into covering sports and I enjoy those conversations like the one I had with Frank, also known as Pudgy Bowl. He played on a, an undefeated team for Central Catholic way back in the 60s. He's about my age, and he was able to pull off kind of what I, in, in Kansas City, what I pulled off in Pittsburgh, which was to last more than 20 minutes as a sportscaster. He was there for 40 years, 30-some years, something like that, but... Um, uh, when I talk to a guy like Frank, I, I, and I, that's why I asked him about what he would bring back from the past, and I don't envy the guys covering the teams now at all. But guys like uh, me and Frank got in when the getting was good and got out when the getting was even better. Um, the travel that we were allowed to do uh, and, and all the, the stuff that we did when we would travel to games. They got these guys, I know, uh, during the regular season, some of the guys working for the local stations. I know one case they had to drive to Cincinnati, cover the game, come back and work the 11 o'clock news drive back. That's, you know, come on. It, it used to be fun. And it, the, a lot of the fun has been taken out of it. I'm glad I was in when I was in and out when I was out. And I think I'm out right now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.